Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy folks and welcome to the podcast. This episode is going to be a little different. You might even think it has nothing whatsoever to do with bluegrass because what we're going to be talking about here is music and hypnosis, self-hypnosis in particular. And I ran across a guy who's a professional musician with a resume as long as my arm, an amazing musician. He's a drummer from the UK. His name is Sam Brown. And I bought a CD that he produced. I I bought it probably 15 years ago called Self-Hypnosis for Musicians. Now, since those days, he's developed some other products that are really interesting for all musicians, not just drummers and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. If you play any instrument and, and probably the truth is these sort of things could be beneficial for any kind of skill that you're working on, be it, you know, hula hooping or shooting pool or anything, but his material is designed for musicians. So I got in contact with him and he's over 6,000 miles away. And thanks to the internet, I was able to have a little conversation with him and bring some of his ideas to you. So I hope you will enjoy this little excursion through the topic of self-hypnosis for musicians. So here we go. Let's bring on Sam. So I'm here on the line with Sam Brown. So Sam. Hello. Yeah, hello. You know, we're actually 6,381 miles away from each other. And by some miracle of technology, we're able to talk to one another right now. It's an amazing world, isn't it? <laughs> it's getting so amazing that I really can't follow most of it. Maybe maybe that's why I'm a bluegrass or I'm kind of a, a musical Luddite. <laughs> but anyway, um, before we get into the, the topic of this episode, which is hypnosis. Yeah. Um, before we get into music and hypnosis, uh, just take a minute and tell our audience a little bit about who you are and your musical background, your experience, and you know that kind of stuff, and reveal where exactly that 6,381 mile away place is. Ah, <laughs> I'll save that till last. No, um, hello everybody. I'm Sam Brown. I'm a professional musician of some, I don't know, 40 years standing, I suppose. Um, I studied at Berklee College of Music and graduated in the mid 80s. Uh, I'm a drummer, but I'm also a closet trombone player and I mess around with some other instruments too. Um, my music degree is uh, in commercial arranging. So I spent more time with a pencil in my hand than a pair of drumsticks. Um, and uh, when I returned to the UK after graduating, I um, uh, I wound up gigging on drums. That was my main instrument. And uh, gradually people got to know my name. And um, out I went with my kit and played. And uh, I just felt that there was uh, there were things that I could do when I was practicing and messing around with no pressure on me, I was playing better than I would 
on a gig, say, um, and I realised I needed to sort that out if I was going to have a career in music, which is what I wanted to do. Um, I thought, I've got to get this sorted out. And it just so happened that I saw a TV show, or it might have been a radio show, I'm not sure, it was one or the other, but it was about um, stage hypnosis, you know. And right. they had people running around quacking like ducks and being silly. And <laughs> yeah. I thought, well, this is all very good and entertaining, but surely it has to have more you know, more value than that. And I just started looking into it, got in touch with the hypnotherapists and had, I think it was only three sessions with this uh, wonderful lady who um, I went into a nice cozy front room and I sat in a chair and she waffled away at me while I closed my eyes and uh, strange things happened. I started playing better, felt great. Um, And I thought, well, that's a bit easy. You know, she's just sitting there waffling away at me and saying just what sounded to me like random stuff and taking me on little imaginary journeys in my mind. But it seemed to work. From there, I, I was sort of, my curiosity was uh, was heightened. So I started reading up on it and then I wound up going on some courses, um, made some uh, hypnotherapy, self-hypnosis cassettes in those days. They were, that dates it, doesn't it? Um, cassettes for myself, and then friends of mine started borrowing them. And then I looked at my shelf of cassettes and thought, actually, there's stuff here that, you know, a lot of people might find useful. So, And that's where the whole journey began, really. And at the same time, I was still working as a professional musician. So it was a kind of a sideline. Um, and my uh, my training and qualifications in hypnosis per se, um, I mean, I have none, really, other than I get results. And that's... Uh, you know that's a qualification in itself really um it, i look on it as being the same as going to the drugstore and buying you know you can buy some fairly hefty drugs over the counter without having to be a doctor or a physician or anything you can self-administer um when you go to the drugstore you can do the same thing with your your head your mind your you know your uh uh, the way you think and the things you believe. And, well, you know, people do that all the time at the local pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, so I thought uh, if it's working for me and it seems to be working for me, you know, for other people, it's good stuff, you know. Well, that... Um, <clears throat> what you're talking about, about how you got interested is a, is similar to how I first became aware of of hypnosis, and you didn't mention this just now, but you did in an email exchange that we had a, a couple of weeks ago, and that you mentioned that you dabbled around with magic as a child, and I did the same thing when I was probably, I, I guess I was 12, 13, on up to about the age of 16. Sure. My parents were on a bowling league on a Tuesday night. So I would go with them to the bowling when they would go to bowl, and I would spend that three hours hanging around at this this magic shop that was a few doors down from the bowling alley, and I just hung around, and I got really in, into doing magic for little birthday parties and the talent show at school and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But the 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 guy that ran it was a guy named John Metcalf, and I had heard that he was a stage hyp, hypnotist and also did hypnosis to help people stop smoking and lose weight and stuff like this. Yeah. I wasn't really interested in that at the time, although I was 
a little bit interested in the stage hypnosis. The, you know, the get the guy up out of the audience and make him quack like a duck, like you mentioned. Sure. Yeah. Well, he was a, a really amazing guy because I would come in there, maybe only have five bucks in my pocket, and I would want to buy a fancy piece of a chrome-plated apparatus of some kind. Yeah. And he would always talk me out of that and drag me over to the bookshelf and say, book, buy a book, get a book. And sometimes he would even loan me these books because I wouldn't have enough money. But one of the books he loaned me was on stage <laughs> hypnosis. So I I read this and I've always had this little thing in the back of my mind about hypnosis and, you know, does it really work and how does it work? Yeah. And about 10 years ago, surfing the web, and I came across your audio CD called Self-Hypnosis for Musicians. And I bought yeah. it. And it was in a it was on a site for mostly um, stuff for jazz musicians. I think it was Jamie Abersold's. Uh, yeah, it could site. be. Yeah. So I bought the thing and I started using it. And I put some of the tracks that really seemed to be working for me together on my iPod. And I used to go to gigs. And I'm gonna turn the mic over to you here in a minute, but I wanted to uh, get this out. I used to go to gigs and arrive a half an hour earlier than I was supposed to and sit there in the car with the iPod and do the, the induction, uh, the yeah. time rhythm and timing track, and then the awakening. And I did this for months and months and months. And I, to me, I really felt like it worked. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about that, that particular CD, because that, that was the start of it all, Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the CD was born out of the cassettes that I was making for myself and for some friends. And I realized, well, you know, there's a, there's a few self-hypnosis things out for lots of different things, like you said, uh, uh, for stopping smoking or fear of flying. There, there's that material out there already, but there wasn't anything for musicians. So therefore, I thought, well, if if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? So... Um, yeah, I produced the first edition in uh, 1999, I think was the first edition, um, sold out, did a rerun, uh, did a, a rewrite and a re-record, uh, then uh, version 2 came out and that sold out again, I did a version 3, so you know, I was keep on, keeping on updating the material as I was getting better as a hypnotherapist. Uh, you know the uh, the potency of what I was producing was getting better, um, and uh, you know the production was was slicker. So by the end of it, by by version three of the CD, you know edition number three, um, it, it was it was great. I was really really pleased with it. The only problem with it was you're limited to eighty four minutes of a CD or whatever. So right. there was a bit of a time issue, and the the thing about my stuff is that you've got the the layout of a hypnotherapy session is very basically an induction which chills you out then you get a all this, the suggestion therapeutic kind of material goes in and then at the end of it you you're uh, woken up although i don't like the term woken up because you're not actually asleep but um so that's it's like a sandwich with the meat in the middle and uh the the way that the cd works is that you use your programming facility on your cd player or these days obviously mp3 players you can just create a playlist and create a customized 
musicians hypnosis um playlist depending upon what subjects you want and the cd right. is full of lots of different subjects i mean uh, i don't know if you if you go to the website you'll see the cd's got um oh i don't know creativity there's reading there's practice technique uh, rhythm and timekeeping you mentioned already uh pitch and tunings there there's there's tracks for exams and auditions uh, there's a stage fright one. I mean, that's really important for many, many people. Right. Um, oh, just a whole load of different subjects. And depending upon what you want to work on that particular week or you know, whatever it is you want to, to aim to fix, then uh, that's the track that you'd be, would be the meat in your sandwich. Use your playlist, you know, set up your playlist so that you're working on that element of what you want to work on at the time. And right. the formats kind of work. It's meant that I've been able to squeeze quite a lot onto the CD format. Um, and it's um, uh, obviously now it's no longer available as a CD. It's available as a download. So you can download the MP3 files and uh, do it using your you know, iTunes or whatever. Um, but from there, the, the CD became an iPhone app, and now it's, uh, that's even more customizable. So, Before we get into some of your newer stuff, um, yeah. l- let me rewind just a bit. Uh, sure. For anybody who's listening, we're sitting here talking about your, you know, the techniques of self-hypnosis. But some people, for some people, just the concept of hypnotism might be a little bit scary because if you've ever, if your only exposure to hypnosis is a stage, you know, like a, a comedy act or something where yeah. essentially you, you come away with thinking, well, either it's completely fake and he paid these 10 people yeah. to do exactly yeah. what he said, yeah. or they're going to make a complete fool of me in front of yeah. the whole world. And it is, it's done for entertainment, but yeah. I, I'm of the belief that we all are in a hypnotic trance quite often. Uh, if you're yeah. daydreaming or if you're driving late at night or sure. sometimes if you're practicing your banjo, I, I think sometimes that type of practice where you're practicing to the point where it's really your subconscious doing the work and you're drifting yeah. off thinking of who knows what. And yeah, yeah. so, so I think everybody has been hypnotized. So if if you don't mind, would you just explain yeah. a little bit about the basics of just exactly what is hypnosis? It's really important. I mean, with with every everything that I've produced, this is the main hurdle that I have to get over, you know, is that um, it's not as spooky as Hollywood and trashy novels would have you believe. It's a naturally occurring brain state. When you go to sleep at night, your brain waves, uh, you know, they're fast and then they gradually get slower and eventually you're in a very slow brainwave state. Sort of in the middle, you get to a, a, a frequency of about, I think it's about five or six um, hertz up to about seven, eight, nine hertz, that, around that kind of frequency range, mm-hmm. which is uh, what they call the theta uh, brainwave frequency. Um, and it's very, very interesting things happen in the brain. Uh, it's that moment when you, uh, you drift off to sleep, um, you get very dreamy, um, and it happens every time you fall asleep and it happens when you wake up as well in reverse, you go from very, very slow brain waves up to uh, normal wide awake brain, brain waves. And that's the same as hypnotic trance, you see. So that's, 
you, everybody has been in a hypnotic trance twice a day. That has happened. I think that explains the phenomenon of sometimes you're driving and all of a sudden you realize you've gone 30 miles and you have no idea yep. how you maneuvered the car at all. And you're just yep. like, gosh, we're there mm-hmm. already. You know, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's uh, what happens in that wave band when your when your uh, brain waves are slow enough. You uh, you focus very intently on one thing, which doesn't stop the rest of you from working. But you do focus. It's like you're playing a a, um, a computer game or something. Five minutes will will or what feels like five minutes will in fact have been you know half an hour or, or or more. You get some weird things happen when you're in that brainwave state and it's one of the things that is uh, is really useful as a therapy at that point is that your um uh there's a, a thing in the brain called the reticular activating system which is uh, basically a filter um as you're listening to my voice at the moment your brain's filter is probably filtering out things like the the sound of your computer fan or the fact that your left knee itches or that you're hungry or there are things that your body is is monitoring but you're just not aware of it because hopefully you're riveted to what i'm saying yeah (laughs) that's the plan (laughs) um (laughs) and uh, when you are focused on one thing all that other stuff is being monitored by your uh unconscious mind or some people will call it the subconscious mind um the two terms are kind of interchangeable really the unconscious mind is everything that you're not conscious of at any one time um people say it's like the uh, the tip of the iceberg you know your your unconscious mind is like the mass of uh, the iceberg that's underneath the water and depending upon how wide awake you are um there's either a tiny tiny little tip of iceberg or there's you know a few feet of iceberg above the water it depends how deeply chilled out you are as you chill out more and more in in a hypnosis session it's like you're just leaving a tiny little tip of the iceberg uh, above the surface that's the one thing that you're focusing on could be your breathing or it could be you know a thought or whatever and when you're in that state uh the reticular activating system allows um the all the other stuff that you're uh, that you're experiencing or hearing perhaps in your in the hypnotherapy or whatever um, it, that information isn't being vetted by your conscious mind if you like um, and when a suggestion is you know isn't being vetted by your consciousness that the, con- the unconscious mind will accept it and so that's basically how you slip in under the radar and get suggestions into the unconscious mind um therapeutically if you like how um how does this work in reverse in the playback phase where now you're uh, let's say you know suggestions have been uh, placed in the mind and are being processed by your subconscious then when when this this stuff it co- is actually utilized let's say now you go to the gig and you're on stage and you're doing your thing. How, how does that kind of work in reverse? I mean, how I've often said to my students that you need to get out of your own way. You know, you should practice. That's very good. Yeah. Train your subconscious. 
so that when you do perform, you you can quit all that thinking and just play and tr try not to think. So, you know, does it just reverse the process sort of? And I yes, mean, I, I don't you, know, uh, what, know where I'm going. Well, I, I do totally. It's what we're all trying to do as musicians is to be so in command of our instruments that we can play totally on autopilot and just enjoy the experience. We all do many, many things unconsciously, not, we, not least of which is, is speaking. Uh, we don't really know what we're going to say at the end of the sentence until we get there. You know, it just comes. And it's very much like playing music. You, you don't need to know what the lyrics are in verse three when you're still singing verse one. Right, a, right. It's just going to come to you. It's like on a conveyor belt. And if, if as musicians you're completely in control of your technique and there's nothing in your mind that's in your way, then that will flow. And it's like the conveyor belt is just delivering everything that you need a split moment before you need it. Right. Uh, let's, let's talk about one other little thing. I, I recall, and I will confess, it's been a year or two since I've used your tracks. I moved, uh -huh. I moved a few years ago and in the process I've, I've I switched computers and I I've actually misplaced the CD. I know I still have it, but I I don't have it and I haven't been using it recently. But it seems I to will be arrange like, I, <laughs> I will arrange a download for you. Don't worry about awesome, it. Awesome. I'll send you a link. <laughs> okay. Um, I do recall, um, and this might be somewhat frightening to people too, is that it seemed like in the instructions you described subliminal messaging. And a lot of people, I think, would have a, a, a negative reaction to that because they've heard yeah. about the popcorn in the theater. Uh, you know, yeah. they flash up Coca-Cola for one frame in the movie and everybody runs to, yeah. the, to the stand by a Coke. And so you don't want to yeah. feel like you're being manipulated by something you're not mm. aware of. In other words, could you be inserting into that uh, that I should... Um, instead of putting on my usual jeans and t-shirt that I should wear a skirt tomorrow. I mean, how do I know right. what's in there? You know? No. So if, that... if the, <laughs> I understand where you're going. Okay. If that, if that was the case and if that would work, then all I would have to do would be to put a, a message in the subliminal stuff for everybody to send me a check for $50, you know, every week. And clearly nobody has done that. So <laughs> gotcha. it's not going to work. I'm okay. sorry to disappoint you, but it just ain't going to happen. And th there's a reason for it. I've heard many times a hip hypnotist say that you cannot be hypnotized to do something that you have some objection to, some moral objection uh, or sure. philosophical or something. You can't force somebody to just do your bidding like a robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're absolutely right. There's a, um, if you Google the hidden observer in hypnosis, mm. that would be the thing to do. You'll, um, the hidden observer is that part of you, which even during a hypnosis session is still there. It's like your own built-in firewall, um, if you like. Right. I mean, even when you watch some of these TV shows where they get people to, uh, um, you know, believe that they have a loaded gun and that they're going to shoot somebody or something. There have been TV shows that have done some really dramatic stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a bit disturbing, I'll be perfectly honest. But when you understand about how the hidden observer works, you understand that there's a part of that person 
that knows that this is a TV show that he's making, that he's involved with. Right. He'll know there will be a part of him that is almost expecting something weird. So some, when something or a strange suggestion, when it comes along, he'll think, okay, this is part of the game. We'll go along with it. Um, I mean, I'm not explaining it particularly well, but that's the thing to do is to check out the hidden observer in hypnosis and a Google search will lead you to all the right places. And um, if we can dispel as much fear about hypnosis as possible, then everybody will be, you know, improving their musicianship and a bunch of other stuff too. Right. Well, just for the record, and I used your tracks a lot, many, many hours. I got on a, I'm going to do this every day, you know, kind of thing. Uh -huh. And I never once clucked like a chicken or anything weird. So... I mean, I damn, do some. Damn, I, it didn't work. I damn. do some weird stuff. I, I will admit that, but uh, I don't think you <laughs> injected those ideas. Uh, well, well, if you want to, on the website, actually, uh, I've written out the scripts of all the subliminal stuff that I've read into the background. So the, the way the subliminal stuff works is it's just very low level sentences being spoken, one in one ear and one in the other, underneath the main dialogue, which is what you're hopefully focusing on. People will want to, they'll, they'll have a curiosity about what's happening in their left ear. What did he just say? What I've did he that. just say in my right ear, you know? Yeah, I've done exactly that. I was like, what? What was that? Yep. <laughs> it's, people are curious, you know, and uh, for that reason, I've written out all the, I just took the scripts that I read when I did the, the recording sessions and put them up there on the website so you can see. And okay. you should read through those stuff and think, oh, boy, oh, boy, I want a slice of this. This is great. I, yeah, bloody hell. If this is going through into my subconscious, then I bring it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one other little topic, and this I just recently saw on your website, is that you've got some information about a thing called focal dystonia. Uh-huh. And I, just through the grapevine, I've heard of several bluegrass musicians who have been diagnosed with this thing called focal dystonia and sure. it has affected singing or playing you know it could be hands could be yeah um and i won't mention any names here because if, if somebody searches for it sure. they'll find it and i might sure. name the wrong person uh, uh -huh. but it, it's something that has puzzled a lot of people and i'm not sure anyone has really uh, found the cause to it, but you have some hypnosis material designed to to yeah. help people uh, with that. Can you talk a little bit about what it is? And it, yeah, well, it, it, the most important thing is I tell you what it is not. Okay. It's not a cure. That's the main thing. It certainly isn't a cure. Um, what it is, it's a catalyst, if you like, for uh, for people to overcome focal dystonia. Um, Before you describe that uh can you just define a little bit what what is focal dystonia yeah uh the first way it tends to present um would be a, a cramp or something in a finger um it could be an embouchure issue if you're a, a you know a flautist or a brass player mm -hmm. or something just some involuntary movement all of a sudden you're playing and you can't control you know, a part of your, you know, your your fingers, your your interface with whatever musical instrument you're playing, um, which, you know, you might go to the doctor about it. 
the doctor may diagnose it correctly or they might say oh it's probably just an inflamed tendon you know rub this on it and it'll get better or whatever so you do and then you go and practice a bit more and you 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 realize that you still can't do it so you practice some more and in fact it's the over practicing um that uh, the way i understand it and i'm no medic uh, but the way i understand it is that the areas of the brain tend to um uh, you know that that control each individual finger or the muscles in the embouchure these the different parts of the brain uh interfere with one another there's some kind of short circuiting going on or whatever um <clears throat> as i say you need to look this up and look at the the medical sites rather than what i do for the actual causes of it but what i aim to do is to help people with the emotional side of suffering from this so uh, from the people that i've worked with it's like being hit by a freight train all of a sudden the thing that you have worked on your entire life you know playing whatever instrument it is all of a sudden you can't play it anymore because your arms legs fingers mouth whatever don't do what you've been practicing for years to do and it it may be that a part of your brain that that controls your uh you know your your interface with your musical instrument is becoming uh, overdeveloped um i've heard it described as sort of over practice syndrome if you like you know yeah. to people that have practiced their instrument too much um which doesn't mean to say that it can't be overcome it certainly can and uh the the brain has this plasticity which means that it can uh, it can change you can rewire if you like the circuits it can take a long time you know it can take two or three years to uh, to um relearn how to do something but it can be done there are some amazing people out there that do incredible therapies people have tried using botox injections in certain muscles to to help mm-hmm. uh, there's deep brain stimulation there's all sorts of really serious um uh medical stuff going on which is proving uh effective i don't do any of that but what if somebody's going through some therapy with uh you know their medical team it's the emotional side of will it work for me you know will i get through it that's something which i can help with um and you know generally building up their confidence um putting um uh you know uh, beliefs into their unconscious that it's going to work and that the therapy that they're going through is going to be uh, you know, ultimately very successful. Um, which is why I think of it as a catalyst, you know, it's a, it's a help. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there are people that suffer from, you know, a variety of things, not just this. And a lot of times they just don't talk about it because, you know, first of all, they may not know what is going on. They could think sure. it's, it's oh, it's because of this, and it's totally something completely different. Uh, but for any listener that might be in the audience that, you know, is interested in this topic, I would definitely suggest you, they take a look at what you have there. Yeah. The the website there, I think, is focaldystoniahypnosis.com, and there's a bunch of free stuff there. So, uh, you know, do have a listen through some of the free hypnosis tracks. Uh, I think there's a, like a podcast thing, which tells you a little bit about, um, 
you know, the background behind it. So uh, you can check all of that out. And then if you want to work with me on it, I'd be very happy to help out. Just uh, drop me an email. That's awesome. I, I also wanted to, to mention before I get to my final question for you, that the, the probably the main reason that I'm right now doing this podcast of mine, this Grass Talk Radio, is yeah. because after I got your CD, I found your podcast – the musician's guru podcast. And I listened to all the episodes and I came away after I ripped through them all. Uh, I was yeah, like, there's not you know, many there. I'm afraid. But I was like, this would be great. If, it, you know, if I could do something like this to help bluegrass people and, and cool. talk about things, you know, and so really it was your podcast that even put the word podcast in my vocabulary. And now here we are. Oh. I think this is, I don't know where we are. We're, I'm up in nearing 30 episodes and just keep it on trucking. But I, oh. I thank you for, for that. <laughs> and now well, let me get to my. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's listened to those. And, and they're well, great I'm, episodes. Uh, well, it's good fun to do. Um, I haven't done any more episodes for a long while. One of the main reasons is that, um, okay, my stuff's gone from CD through to iPhone app. Um, and the next stage on from this is going to be uh, the online course, which is kind of going to be a bit like the podcast. So if you want to get a flavor of what the online course is going to be about, go and listen to Musicians you, what's, it, what's it called? The Musicians Guru podcast. It's a horrible name. Musicians <laughs> Guru. It sounds so pretentious. But anyway, um, that's how you find me. Um, and uh, I'm hoping to get the online course filmed uh, within the next... Uh, probably the next six months. So eventually it will be launched probably early next year, I'm hoping. Um, and uh, the, the the tentative title is the pre-gig pep talk, actually, because the yeah. pre-gig pep talk is one of the tracks on the CD and in the iPhone app. And um, it, that's the one that people get the most excited about. It seems to be the one that has helped people to, well, basically play out of their skin on every gig, which is what I use it for. That is the track that I would sit in the car prior Good. to the gigs. I don't know how many times I've listened to that thing. I don't even know. A lot. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. sometimes I felt like it really helped. <laughs> Other times, I, I, you know, I, I got in my own way. Um, sure. Before we close it out here, I want to really turn the corner because as I was cool. looking into and trying to contact you about this this podcast episode, yeah. And before I go to that, I hope that the listeners, the bluegrass audience understands why I have brought you on because music is music, you know? And yeah. if I said, Hey, I've got this drummer coming on from the UK, a lot of people probably wouldn't even <laughs> hit play, but well, true. <laughs> you know, the principles involved in all this are so much the same. And I hope my audience I'm sure they do understand that. But now let's get to the important stuff. Please. I, I You said on your website that you've moved. You packed up and moved yeah. to Western Scotland, an island up there, back where my old ancestors came from. Uh-huh. Yeah. There, there might be a few Lairds. I think they threw them all out. I think they ran them off to Ireland and then booted them out of Ireland, and somehow we ended up over here. But... Oh, there's some <laughs> some interesting history, that's for sure. But you moved up there, and you've really yep. you're not gigging down uh, 
in old London town here lately. You've nope. got something completely different going on, and it's really cool. Uh, Introduce totally us different. to Clemmy and <laughs> Boris, the military pod. Well, um, yeah. The, <laughs> I, I worked as a professional musician for 30 or 40 years, and I've, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to do so. Um, and uh, it was... Uh, we've like everybody we have hobbies you know one of our hobbies my wife is absolutely nuts about music uh, about uh, military vehicles <laughs> and she'd always always been into the old world war ii jeep you know the willis jeep thing um mm -hmm. so eventually we bought one and blah 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 anyway long story short uh, we were also very fond of the isle of Skye, which is where we are now on uh, the west coast of scotland and um we moved up here thinking that we might be doing a lot of music. As it turns out, um, <laughs> we've wound up um, just uh, taking people around Sky in a World War II Jeep. <laughs> um, we've got another um, uh, sort of bit of military, which, which has been converted inside to, uh, uh, you know, some self-catering accommodation. It's utterly crazy and nutty, but we're having a ball. It's great. And uh, I can still do a bit of... The music stuff which I'm most interested in now is the stuff that I'm talking to you about. Is the uh, you know uh, helping musicians to be, you know to realise their potential and pull out the stop signs because I think a lot of musicians kind of you know perhaps they, they've built up some stop signs along the way and they're really easy to pull out if you know where to tug and that's what the the hypnosis thing does. But um, so up here, a total life change. Um, it's uh, it's great. It's the most beautiful place on earth. I'm sure people would dispute that. But looking out of the window as we speak, it's just fantastic. And um, we're having a ball. It's a lot of fun. It's like it's like uh, chapter two, if you like. You know, I've done chapter one um, and got an incredible amount out of it. I've met some amazing people, played all over the world, and um, now it's just time to do something else. Uh, and because of the wonders of the internet, I can still do the side of music, which, you know, I'm an arranger. I can r arrange music and that I can send all over the world as PDF files. Um, yeah, sure. If somebody offered me, you know, some nice tasty gigs, I might, uh, you know, get the drums out again. Who knows? But uh, for the right. moment, I'm having fun driving around this incredible place in a World War II Jeep. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> If you great. want to check it out, it's, uh, go to Sky Jeep Tours, S-K-Y-E. J-E-E-P-T-O-U-R-S dot co dot U-K. That's where we are. Okay. And I will put links to all those things on the show notes page. All you listeners know, go to grasstalkradio.com, slide down yeah. to this episode and click on and I'll put all that up there. You And to the listeners, you need to look at some of the YouTube videos and really see see the interior of boris the military pod. I want <laughs> I want to do something like that right out here in my back area. That I, yeah, I, I've had so much fun looking at that with my son and and the scenery. My God, it's beautiful. Maybe it's something genetic in me <laughs> that I want to go back to the old country or something. But that place is beautiful. It is. It's a fantastic place. You take uh, um, it's, the weather is a bit, bit like Russian roulette. So I have to say, you know, you, you've uh, um, sometimes you can come here and the weather can be pretty rubbish, but. Sometimes it's not, and uh, we have things called midges as well, which are like little flies, and right. they bite, and they're a pain in the summer. So, you know, the, take the rough with the smooth, but it is an amazing place. So. 
Absolutely fantastic. Well, I thank you for doing this interview. I know the audience is going to enjoy. They always, I think, like an interview because they don't have to hear me just talking endlessly. Um, and I hope that one day, maybe I could come and spend a couple of nights with Boris. And it would be delightful to welcome you here. It would be fun. I'm, I'm going to have to sell a lot of ebooks uh, to save up the change to make the trip. But the, I, as soon as I started seeing those pictures, I was like, if there's one place in the world I'd like to go, I believe that might be the place. Anyway, yeah, it's, thanks. It's Sam. pretty cool. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's you been doing great this. fun. This thanks for phoning me up and uh, and getting me on the show. And hello, everybody. Drop me an email. Come and say hi. Come, uh, you know, come and like my pages. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. Sam Brown, everybody. No problem. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Well, I hope you found that interesting. I, I have been interested in hypnosis since I was a child. I've, I certainly don't know as much about it as Sam does, but it's been a topic of interest to me and, and, like I said in the interview, I think we all become hypnotized at times. I think it's a natural part of human existence. Um, you know, you may think of, of all the times that you've been in sort of a dreamlike state. And I think sometimes this even happens on stage. I, I suspect it sometimes happens in your audience, too. I don't think it's a good idea when you're playing a gig to look out there and see your entire audience is in a hypnotic trance. So, um, anyway, the whole, uh, concept of hypnosis, I find really fascinating and I hope that you would too. Interesting stuff. And as musicians, we're always looking for that silver bullet or that little thing that'll give us the edge to produce the kind of music we really want to produce. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. There are plenty more coming, and once again, I appreciate everybody who has gone to iTunes and rated and reviewed the show, and as always, if you like what I'm doing, visit the website. Come over to bradleylaird.com and stroll around the premises, and if there's something there that I have that you think might help you or might help someone you know, uh, just take a look at it, and I would certainly appreciate it. So, thanks a bunch for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next podcast. And Cordy.